Welcome to Life in Purple, providing you with the latest from women entrepreneurs, amazing mums, human interest stories, and celebrity guests. Your host, Laura Sprague, discusses women's topics such as success, empowerment, perseverance, lifestyle, and much more. Laura also offers a fun and unique perspective while providing listeners with valuable tips on how to successfully conquer the many issues women may face. Come experience your life in purple. And now, here's your host, the life coach with the most, Laura Sprague. Hello, Lip Talk Nation. Welcome to Life in Purple. I'm your host, Laura Sprague, and thank you so much for listening to this episode. This is our third episode of our series, Your Story. Before I introduce our very special guest, I just want to do a quick reminder of our most recent episode with P. Allen Jones. She shares her story of living with sickle cell disease and how she is raising awareness for this silent but painful disease. If you haven't had a chance to catch our previous episodes, visit liptalknation.com and there you'll find more resources to help you live a life in purple. On our show today, I get to interview a powerful woman with a remarkable story of survival and bravery. Angela D'Alessandro is a philanthropist, entrepreneur, and speaker, wife, and mom who has a passion to raise awareness for sexual abuse and empowering others to overcome their tragedies. Angela has the gift to see a need before most do and takes action to meet those needs. You might want to go ahead and grab your tissues, Lip Talk Nation, because this story will touch your soul. Welcome to the show, Angela. How are you today? I'm doing great, Laura. Thank you so much for having me. Thank you uh, for being here on Life in Purple. I got to know you um, just recently, and you're a beautiful soul, and you have inspired me to want to even take more action in the community. So, Angela, it's an honor to get to have you on the show and for the listeners to hear your story. But before we get into the depth of the interview, will you tell us where you're from and a little about how you got your start as a philanthropist and entrepreneur? Sure. Originally, I'm from Connecticut. We moved here when I was about six years old. So in 1982, we moved to Pensacola. My dad was in the military and I've been here ever since. How I got my start as a business owner, um, I ended up pregnant with my first child and had been in college uh, and just decided that maybe I didn't want to be pregnant in college and needed something to provide for the family I was about to have and decided to go to a vocational school and become a nail technician and own my own business. That's how that began with my initial business. Then about three years ago, I decided to also begin a business as a Mary Kay beauty consultant. That is also where my philanthropy really began. So I've always had a desire to be in philanthropy and become a philanthropist. My Mary Kay business has given me the means and the time to be able to do so and to be able to give back to the community 
Okay. You just love um, helping others. Angela, what I hear. I do. Yes. And that's what I hear is that you have this why that was uh, born in you at such a young age. And we're going to get into that. But I hear even when you say why you went into a vocational school to study a vocation, to empower people um, and to take care of your child. And then you continued on three years ago um, in your Mary Kay businesses, allowed you to go into philanthropy and empowering others. That's what I know from you. And that's what I want the listeners to understand and to get into what you're doing now. Now I want to go back into um, your childhood story. So like I said, Angela, I've had that opportunity to get to know your story. And that's why I wanted you on the show because it is very powerful, impactful, and I'm so proud of you for overcoming your past. So being vulnerable with us, will you share with the listeners what your childhood was like? Yes, I started off with a great childhood. You know, like I said, my dad was military. I have a, a sister. I have a great family. Um, but we never really have lived around any other family because my dad was military. So no grandparents, no aunts, uncles, or anything like that around us. I guess um, with my dad being gone and my mom raising two girls, by herself, you know, she was doing the best she could, trying to keep my sister and I involved in different things as we were growing up. So I, I was a tomboy. I loved to rough and tumble and uh, loved hanging out with, with the guys, the boys. And I loved fishing and running and climbing trees and, and doing just fun stuff. Eventually, my sister ended up getting involved in horses, and she had a horse at home. We had some property at the house and had lessons at home, but I went through a few different things, karate and ballet and and different things, because I was never just interested in one thing. But then I also became very interested in horses, and because I think I had been involved in a few different things. My mom at the time wasn't willing to just buy me a horse and have lessons for me at home. Maybe it was a trial thing. I don't know. But she found out about a place up the road that offered lessons on a Saturday morning. And that's where I began taking horseback riding lessons. And that's where things began to change for me. Um, at first, it was great. Uh, I was a natural on a horse. Of course, I was sporty. I was athletic. So I got a lot of attention right off the bat. So typically, Saturday mornings consisted of probably 15 to 20 riders, mostly girls, teenage girls, some boys. And the man who owned the place started showing me some extra attention. And I thought it was just because I was good. I was sporty. I was athletic. I was good. But then it became more apparent that he was interested in more. And we're talking about a grown man in his 60s with young grandchildren. So I was 10 when I started having lessons there and had my 11th birthday party there and ended up he talked to my mother and wanted me to start 
coming more often because, well, he told my mother I was a hard worker and I was really good with the horses. She thought that was great, I'm sure, and didn't think anything of it. And so the school bus then would drop me off there after school. That was my after-school activity. I would go there and help around the farm. I worked really hard, and in turn, I got to ride the horses at no cost. Okay, I want to stop you right here, Angela, because it's it's like so, um, you're painting a very clear picture for us right here. So Lip Talk Nation, I want you to go ahead and picture what it was like in your childhood and remembering that maybe it was just like, supposedly this normal childhood where everyone's happy in this. Um, now we're getting into a very intimate part of Angela's story. So before she goes into that Lip Talk Nation, I just wanted you to remember what it was like to be 10 and 11 years old because she is now given this opportunity to ride horses for free. This guy is paying special attention to her and Angela is taking this in as, oh man, maybe I really am good. And so at this time, it's still okay. But Um, I know where this story is going, Angela, so that's where I want to ask this next question. You shared with me that you were such a happy child. It sounded like it, you know, you were this tomboy, you loved life, and you were known as even the funny one, too. I remember you telling me this. So as we get into this story, what was it like when your happiness was taken from you? And did you feel alone during this time? Because you mentioned this man um, started to pay special interest to you. So will you explain a little bit more on why, when your happiness was taken away? Yeah, it was devastating. I, I was a happy child. I always had fun with everything I did. I always found the the good and the funny and the light in anything that I was around and anything I did. And um, I remember that so vividly how, how happy I used to be as a child growing up and how much love I had for people and animals and life in general. Then all of a sudden that was it was taken from me. I felt that I had to grow up all of a sudden. And I had these responsibilities at 10 and 11 and 12 and 13 years old that, wow, where did these come from? I couldn't recall anybody else my age talking about anything like this or being as now unhappy as I had become. Um, so yes, as you said, he started paying very special attention to me. So the free lessons that, you know, I was already working so hard for then became me also taking care of him and his sexual needs and wants and desires as an 11 year old child. Um, you know, I, I didn't know, I, I really didn't know at that time what was going on or what that meant, or I just knew I was frightened. I was sad. I was hurt. I was angry. I had all of these new emotions that I had never felt. 
and I didn't know what to do with them. The love, the joy that I had inside of me was gone. And I had to grow up at this rapid pace because now I'm having to meet the needs not only of taking care of all of these farm animals, but a 60-year-old man's sexual needs as an 11-year-old. Okay, Lip Talk Nation, Angela, this is getting very deep. And so I want to reach out to the listeners right now because I'm sure some of them are already having goosebumps like myself. I mean, I understand I understand, Angela, and the listeners know my story, so I am just like, I'm right there with you, feeling this hurt and this anger and sadness, especially with this man taking advantage of you, and it got pretty violent, if that's a word I can use, it got pretty intense with you, and I know that you shared that with me, and so the listeners, whatever is going through your mind, I'm going to say it probably happened, and Angela probably could, you know... um, just confirm that. So Angela, I, I'm trying not to cry already with you because this story is, is close to home for myself. And so I know that you're a survivor though, and that's what we want others to know. And you shine with the strength and this confidence that people around you want to be a better person, Angela. So clearly there is something that happens though to a person's soul when they have been sexually abused. So when did it become this public news? that you weren't the only one that experienced such abuse. Did you find out there were others? Will you tell us about this part of your life when it was coming to light? Because this happened for several years, right? Right, it did. Um, I actually was there and rode horses and trained horses and showed his horses um, for a few years. So I didn't actually get away from the ranch until I was, 13 and a half. So it went on for a few years and I had actually told someone in my family who didn't believe me and did nothing to help me. So I had to continue to still go there because if that person doesn't believe you, then, you know, what do you do? You, you just pick up and you keep going. So at that point, it had already been going on for a couple of years. So you just keep going. You, you do what you do. So at, at 13 and a half, I finally got away from that. And of course, I had already started having boyfriends and realizing that this isn't right. This shouldn't be happening. But at the same time, is this who I am? Is this what I was put here for. Is this my life? So I started questioning myself and questioning why I was here. And and of course, it led to many other things. But I did realize that this had to have happened before me because, well, like I said, I wasn't the only teenage girl that was having lessons there. Um, And I certainly wasn't the only one when I left, when I stopped having lessons there, stopped riding and and helping there. So when I was almost 16 years old and and I had already, you know, gotten away from him and gotten away from there, a friend that I had grown up with that I didn't realize was having lessons there 
um, her mom called my mom and asked if this had ever happened to me, if I had ever been there and had I ever said that I had been sexually abused. And that's, that's when it came out. And that's when we realized that this was an ongoing thing. And it had been ongoing since 1976, which was the year I was born. Let's see, then 1992, I believe, that he was arrested, maybe 93. And so at that point in time when, when he was arrested and we had the the trial and well, it never actually went to trial because he took a plea bargain, but there were over 20 girls that came forward. And I know of several more that never actually came forward at that point in time, several didn't want to admit that anything had happened. And of course the statute of limitations on rape and molestation is well, it's four years. So if you don't want to face it, you don't want to admit that it happened to you, then, you know, I can understand why a lot of people don't want to come forward when it happened 10 years prior. You have four years. So that's one of the things that I want to change so desperately is the statute of limitations on rape and molestation. Oh my goodness. Yes. Um, I have to stop you right here too, because this is another point I want the listeners to understand, Angela, uh, hearing your story and being the age that you were um, at 16 when this came to light, finding out that there was over 20 girls and even more who didn't come forward. This man had been doing it since at least 1976 that we are aware of and then arrested. Oh, my goodness. So the statute of limitation, four years, is in saying to me as well, and I would love to change that. So we're going to fight the fight and listeners, we would love for you to join in with us because what happens is here, here we are, Angela, and your story is so gripping because um, it's rape and molestation and, and just um, violated. And most people, listeners, I want you to know this, most people don't even come forward until their 30s or 40s dealing with this kind of abuse. And this is so sad to me because um, I even know people recently coming and telling me and they're like, they're shocked because they didn't remember. And so suppression leads to depression, at least to all kinds of manifestations of physical ailments. And so I really want the listeners to understand how important it is to change the statute of limitation right there. So I'm so glad that you said that as well, Angela. And your fight for your life because you're winning. You're, you're a survivor. I know that this was a very difficult time in your life, especially when you were trying to get out of it. And the person you told didn't really believe you. And so you're saying, you know, I, you had to face it. When no one believes you, then you feel alone. And so as you were going, yeah, Angela, as you were going through this nightmare, you also faced other obstacles, including in school, but you had this glimpse of hope. I remember you telling me all about it in the middle of this. So what were some of those obstacles that you faced? And also what were some of those things that happened that led you to believe that there was a chance of success? I love this part of your story, by the way. So that's why I want the listeners to know about this hope that you were given? Okay. In that point in time in my life, I dealt with a lot because I was having to deal with this all on my own. The one person that I thought would help me didn't. I had no support. I had, I had, I basically had no one. I wasn't allowed to tell 
the one person I knew at that point in time could support me. So I, I really had no one. So I did everything I could to suppress it. So I turned to alcoholism um, and I became an alcoholic at 13. You know, some people shut down and, um, and that's what I did. I basically shut down. I turned my feelings off. I did the best I could to feel nothing. And so I became promiscuous. I used people however I could um, to just get through life at that point. And I ended up going through, because of my alcoholism, well, I blame it on myself. I, I have blamed it on myself and now have come to realize that because I drank too much, yes, it led to certain things, but no, it wasn't my fault. Um, I was also date raped when I was 15. And that was before the trial ever began for the initial rapist. I just tried to do the best I could, but I was so closed off from emotions and feelings and everything and everyone because, well, because the people in my life that I was supposed to trust let me down. And I remember vividly laying in bed at night and praying to God that if I saw 21, the age of 21, that I would do better, that I would give back, that I would do the best I could to help other people in my position. And I never believed that I would see the age of 21. Okay, this is bringing tears to my eyes right now. I don't know about you listeners. I'm sure it is right now too because this is so... This, okay, something happens again to the soul. I want to remind the listeners to this of sexual abuse. So here you are. Not only were you raped by this man at such a young age, then you were date raped. And you are being so vulnerable with us telling us about alcoholism and that you are just wanting to numb. You didn't want to feel anything. The people you trusted um, let you down. And here you are praying to God, saying, if you make it to the age of 21. See, I'm going to cry too, Angela. If you make it to the age of 21, you would do better. And I remember thinking the same thing. That's probably why I'm getting so passionate right here too, Angela. And so I see you now and I I also know who you're becoming and who you are and you are doing better and you are striving for success, but you're also wanting to educate others about uh, just about sexual abuse because the numbers are crazy. Uh, I tell the listeners all the time, it's one out of three girls right now, listeners, one out of three girls will be sexually abused. And then uh, the number's one out of five in college. And so the likelihood of someone being abused twice is very, very high. And so even guys, uh, the ratio for boys is one out of six. And worldwide, or yes, worldwide is one out of five. Angela, you, you're, you're so beautiful. Um, I just, uh-huh. I'm, I'm so proud of you for over you overcoming your past. Okay. So let's talk about this glimpse of hope now that was brought to okay. you. Yes. Yes. 
Okay, because I feel like it was a turning point um, in my life, in my teenage years even. So I, of course, we know I was struggling as a teen. I was doing everything I could. Um, I was rebelling. I was just trying to manage life. And I was doing it wrong. But I didn't know how. I didn't have resources. I didn't have counseling. I didn't have the things that are in place today. I had no one on my side, or at least I didn't feel I did. So I ended up being withdrawn from high school in my senior year and went to a a vocational school that I could actually get my high school diploma. That was the place that I met this amazing man. He was a vocational rehab counselor at that vocational school. And he was the first man that wasn't in my family that didn't expect anything in return from me. He was there to help me. And I felt like for the first time, there are people out there who are willing to help you just because. Not, not that it was his job, because he cared. So he was the very first male outside of my family that didn't expect anything in return from me. He just wanted to help. This is so beautiful. Will you explain to the listeners what he did for you and how he helped you get your high school diploma? Okay, so he was the vocational rehabilitation counselor, and his name is John Mira. He has since retired, and we still keep in touch to this day 20 three years later. He's still a great friend of mine. But what he did for me then was counsel me on what I was going through. He actually put me in therapy. So I made straight A's when I graduated, um, got my high school diploma, and John Mira was able to get me a full scholarship into a college and also a internship. So I did that. I did the internship and started college, but I was 17 and had just been dealing with going through therapy myself, still dealing with all of my trauma and not able to separate that from home, not being able to leave it there. So I knew at that time, even though I got a great evaluation, that I couldn't, I couldn't do it at that time. So I withdrew from school. Yes. Okay. So here, once again, I want the listeners to to really grab a hold to how intelligent you are. Like the inner child in you is so smart. You're intelligent. And, And so I want the listeners to understand that you are making straight A's despite all of it. You are finishing the courses so much faster. You are getting high, excellent reviews on everything. And so this, this fighting spirit inside of you is so powerful. And I want the listeners to know that, that if you went through this and came out on the other side, that they can too. So even though you're 17 and you're conquering this and still dealing with, should I help? Because you're, you're a, your strength inside of you wanted to help others. That's always been inside of you. And loving, it was still inside of you, even though that was tainted for a long time, it was still inside of you. And so I believe that even at 17, that that's been a remarkable 
um, point for you, holding point and a highlight in your life as well with this person investing in you and, and giving you this therapy, providing um, education for you who didn't want anything else in return. So I love this part of your story where someone said, hey, I don't want anything, but I believe in you. And so that's exactly what you're doing now, Angela. So will you describe to the listeners maybe a defining moment? So even though you had to quit school at 17 and you were experiencing life a little bit more, uh, will you describe that defining moment, Angela, when you said, this is it, I am done with being taken advantage of, and were you, when were you ready to take your life back? You know, honestly, I can't say that there was an actual defining moment, an actual aha. I think it's always been there. Um, the reason I stayed so long at that ranch being abused was because he had two young grandchildren that I didn't want him to abuse. I was protecting them, I thought. So that's where it started. And laying in bed at night, realizing that, you know, God, if you just give me till 21, I'll do something. I'll make something of my life. I'll give back. I'll do better. And then... Having my own children, I think when my daughter reached the age that I was when I started being abused, I had kind of a hard time with that age with her because I was so protective. I didn't want her to be out of my sight. I didn't want her to go anywhere with anyone that I didn't know. I didn't, I, I literally did everything with her. I was basically helicopter mom, and it had to be brought to my attention that, hey, why are you hovering? Why, why are you so adamant about her always being in your sights? Well, this, this is why, because I don't ever want what happened to me to happen to her. If I can prevent it, if I can protect, I'm going to. That's my job as her mother. It's my job as my son's mother to inform him, to protect him. That's my job. It's what God gave me. It's why what happened to me happened to me. It's my gift. Your why is so powerful, Angela. And it's it's very relatable for me personally as well as you are giving birth to your kids and watching them grow up. And when your daughter reaches that age, there's something happens into you mentally that almost forces you to deal with your past, whether you want to or not. It's the same thing for me. So you were given this rule. I like to call it the impossible rule. Damned if you do, damned if you don't. When you're, you know, when this was happening, it's called don't tell. And it's such an impossible rule. And I remember when my daughter was five, that's when God was calling me to to face it as well. And so it's, it's wasn't exactly the helicopter mom that you described, but I understand it so well. And I'm sure we have a lot of listeners that can relate to this, Angela, who are waiting for somebody to say, I'm there for you. And Lip Talk Nation, you're not alone. And so I, there is something that happens that forces you to deal with it mentally. You either have a mental breakdown and you try to ignore it. You try to suppress it because of that impossible rule, because um, no matter what you did, somebody was going to get hurt. I'm really 
very proud of you. And I love that you're why. So I asked you about your defining moment and I love that you say it's your kids because there isn't um, anything better than being able to influence a child in the way he should go. And God certainly has an interesting way of working things out. Um, I'm very, I'm a very firm believer in that, Angela. So who, my sweet friend, who are some of your role models or some of your cheerleaders now and how important have they been in your life? Well, I have several, I must say. I have made it a point to surround myself with people who are encouraging and uplifting and empowering. And through my Mary Kay business, I have met so many more Of course, Mary Kay is all about empowering and uplifting and encouraging and giving back. Um, So I I think that's just amazing. And and it's so much why I love that part of the the entrepreneurship that I'm in. Um, But I must say that um, the lady that I have worked with and beside for 18 years, Carol McCauley has been my biggest cheerleader. She owns the salon. I, I just, I love her. She's my other mom. She's, she has been my everything for a long time. And then I have another one, Janie Henry for the same amount of time. She is an encourager, a supporter She's more my person. I can tell her any and everything, and there's no judgment. There's there's nothing. There's just love. Uh, in the past few years, I have had a few people that have really guided me into the philanthropy that I've wanted to be a part of. So uh, Madrina Ciano has been a huge part of my life for the past couple of years. And she is a a big philanthropist in our area. And she has really introduced me to a few organizations here in town in Pensacola that I am in love with because I feel like these organizations, had I known about them or had they been in existence when I was going through what I was going through, it may have changed the course of my life. But you know what? It's okay because they're there now and they're there for these kids who are going through it now. And I can be a part of it now. Um, So she's introduced me to Pace Center for Girls and to take stock in children and um, to Gulf Coast Kids House. And I am loving every minute of being a part of those organizations and helping those, those girls and those children. So I appreciate her introducing me to those, those people and those organizations. And she's, she's a big part of the philanthropy that I'm involved in now. Angela, I'm shaking my head. Yes, I'm smiling so big right now because I understand so much of what you're talking about. I know some of the people that you're mentioning and Lip Talk Nation, so important to have those cheerleaders around you and see the survival spirit inside of Angela. She went and she surrounded herself with people who empowered her. And I'm really going to challenge you listeners to do the same because there's this mindset, that impossible rule, I'm going to call it, that you're saying that you're you're alone. That's an impossible rule. 
you're not alone unless you believe you're alone. And so um, I know that you mentioned it through your story, but it has all the things that you went through, Angela, I see has laid out before you to be able to empower even those kids that you talk to. I know that you are part of a mentor program and you have a mentee that you uh, reach out to and invest in. And all these people that you mentioned, they certainly are in love with you too. I know that you're in love with them, but I think the whole town is in love with you. And you really shine beauty and radiance and and you really want to help. So I really thank you so much for sharing all of your all of your soul with us today. I know this was a difficult thing to do, but it was re- we're ready for it. And people need to hear stories like yours. Angela, thank you. Thank you. Thank you for sharing your story and being vulnerable with us. And and now it's time to move to the part of the show where we get to know you on a fun level, Angela. We call this our lightning round and the questions are simple, easy to answer. Just just answer the first thing that comes to your mind, sunshine. Are you ready? I'm ready. I love it. I hear a smile in your voice. So. Yes, I'm smiling here. Oh, awesome. (laughs) If you could have a superpower, what would it be? My superpower would be, oh, I thought about this earlier, but I keep changing my mind. So I thought going back in time would be a great superpower, but really and truly, I wouldn't change anything. So why would I want to go back in time? Um. So I think that a great superpower would be to be invisible. Ooh, this is a good one. Invisible. I totally understand. Yeah. Like your past creates who and your strength today. So I get it. The whole going back in time and then not not wanting to. But I like this invisible thing. Boom. Mm-hmm. Okay. So how do you mm-hmm. like your coffee? I love my coffee. Light and sweet. Eat and sweet. You know what? We have a lot of people that say the same thing. Light and sweet. Okay. So what is your most embarrassing moment? I don't have one because I don't embarrass easily. (laughs) Okay. 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 (laughs) I can laugh at myself and I just have learned throughout the years that, you know, it's just everything's going to be okay. So it doesn't matter what it is. You just pick up and move on. So I really don't have a most embarrassing moment. I'm going to say this right now. Lip Talk Nation, she picks up and moves on. She doesn't get embarrassed very easily. I love the way you explain that. Not many people say it that way. So I really enjoyed that answer. Okay, so now what is your favorite food? Okay, steak. I love a great really medium rare fillet. Medium rare fillet. Yes. Medium my favorite. rare fillet. Lip Talk Nation. Write that down. Just kidding, but that's awesome. <laughs> <laughs> okay, now if you could have any car in the world, what would it be? I already drive it. <laughs> it's a sixty-eight convertible firebird 68 i i've seen this it is beautiful it is awesome and i'm just gonna leave it right there that is that's Mm -hmm. awesome that you get to drive your dream car and i do yeah i know i want to i want to ride in it with you that'd be awesome well you're more than welcome let's do it okay and our final question of our lightning round sunshine what is your favorite color cobalt blue Ooh. Cobalt blue. Now that's a different answer. Majority of them, 
whoever say blue, say sky blue. So I love your answer. Cobalt blue, Lip Talk Nation. Cobalt blue. Oh, well, you just succeeded and passed the lightning round, Angela. Thank you so much for sharing those really, really fun facts about you. And thank you once again for sharing your story and being vulnerable. You You are a light to so many. And this story is just going to keep on spreading. So before we close out this interview, do you have any final thoughts or words of encouragement for those who might even think it's too late to speak up about their past? It is never too late. Don't ever, ever let the fact that, you know, we have laws that are, well, hopefully we can change the laws that um, can help those of us who are survivors. But it's never too late. It's never too late to help someone. It's never too late to share your story. It's never too late to get help yourself. It's never too late. And it's never too late to educate yourselves on what the warning signs are on abuse and rape. Yes, exactly. Right there. It is never too late. And thank you for saying that for us listeners. It's never too late to get help. It's never too late to speak up. Don't let the laws stop you because we are, we are fighting to change those and we would love your support as well. Angela, love, love, love your story. You're beautiful. And once again, Thank you for being vulnerable with us. I know that you have several projects that you're working on, and I'm honored to be working on one project with you as well. So I know it's going to be so epic. Will you share with us what some of those are and how we can find out more about you? Maybe give us your Facebook or your email address. Let us know what's going on with you and how we can get a hold of you. Okay, so my Facebook is Angela Preston. Delisandro. That's a D apostrophe A L E S S A N D R O. Um, I have a great project coming up with Laura Sprague, <laughs> January 21st. Um, and it will be at Pensacola Little Theater, better known as the Pensacola Arts and Cultural Center, at um, 10 o'clock in the morning. So we look forward to anyone who would like to attend. We will be speaking, both of us sharing our stories, and we have the Golf Coast Kids Kids House Mm -hmm. on board that day. Um, And and we will be um, encouraging and uplifting women and empowering women in our community um, to share their stories and also networking through each other's stories. So we look forward to hearing from you and hopefully you'll join us if you're in our community. Um, Let's see, what else do I have going on right now? You have a lot. Doing some stuff. Yes. Yeah, well, uh, Pace Center for Girls, we've got a Christmas party coming up, taking donations for that. I've got so much. I, I don't have my calendar in front of me, though, so I should have brought that That's okay. in with me. So give us your um, email but, address. Yes, and my email address. Yes. Email address. It's tapbapsmom at gmail.com. So that is T-A-P-B-A-P-S-M-O-M at gmail.com. Beautiful. Lip Talk Nation, I hope that you reach out to Angela, and I know that you will, uh, letting her know that you support her and maybe share your story with her as well. She would love to hear from you. Angela, you are a rock star. Thank you so much for spending time with us at Life in 
Purple, it's been a pleasure hearing you um, share your story and having you on the show and letting the listeners glean a value from your experience, Angela. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Thank you, Laura. Thank you so much. Yes. Oh, and listeners, thank you for spending time with us at Life in Purple, where the broken can heal and the successful can conquer. Lip Talk Nation, if you have enjoyed today's episode or one of our previous episodes, I would love to hear from you. If you're an iPhone user, go on over to iTunes and leave a friendly review. And for Android users, send me a quick email to lara at larasbrag.com. We appreciate you and we'll see you soon. And as always, what you say is what you become.